gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of the Brethren Podcast and a segment we like to call Cocktail Convos, where we like to sit down and have a fireside with the call success veterans. Um, today will be no different. I'm uh, joined by my illustrious co-host, uh, Mr. Jesha Wells of D. Wells Consultant, and uh, we also got to give a shout out to our other illustrious co-host, Dr. John CFP. Um, let me preface this conversation by saying, if we do release the video version of this conversation, um, I am indeed in transit right now, so forgive and forget, because the, qual- the quality of the content will not be uh, tampered with. So, without further ado, I will pass it over to uh, to Mr. Wells to introduce our illustrious guest today, uh, a brother in the, the, the fraternal order of Tuskegee University. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Wells, please introduce the people to our guest today, Mr. Dennis Johnson. Hey, man, it's my pleasure, and I appreciate you uh, jumping in. I know you, uh, you're you attending the real-life duties. Congratulations on uh, your new expenditure out there spending on big boy bucks on houses in New York. So, congratulations to you and the fam, bro. Well, you got a lot of people. Tell them I went by the money. Oh, nah. Shannon ain't having none of that, and you already know that. <laughs> not, not indeed at all. <clears throat> all right. So, um, you know, I, you know, we appreciate everybody tuning in for our cocktail combo series. And this is one that is probably about a year and a half overdue. One of the people that are actually responsible for um, a series such as this is my good friend and brother who I in the moment, Mr. Johnson. Um, over the course of years, he's been really instrumental in uh, kind of keeping the entrepreneurial spirit rolling not only with myself, but several other members of our, our circle. Um, so he started having conversations with me about, wouldn't it just be cool to bust it up with some of your favorite people over a drink? And it's crazy how synergies work. At the same time, me and AJ had been talking about a lease or a less formal series, a way of talking about important topics with folks. And he came with this idea of co- cocktail combos having a conversation with what we like to call success veterans. So our success veteran today, again, is my brother in arms, Mr. Dennis Johnson. Um, I'll let him give a little bit of background about how we met each other. But just to talk a little bit about him, um, by trade, you know, this is a gentleman who's highly educated, graduated from Tuskegee University with honors, went on to the corporate arena to do some really great things in a really important sector. But he wasn't being fulfilled by that opportunity, making great money, but just not fulfilled. So he stepped out on a dream that he had been channeling for at least 15 years, working a plan to put himself in a position to go out and be successful on his own. So today we're going to explore a little bit about how he did that. We'll talk through his background and I'm sure we'll get into some deeply personal things, but I want to yield the floor to you, Mr. Obscure 8, AKA Narcotic, AKA Dennis Johnson. What's good, bro? Hey, man, I, I was just about to say that, man. It's, it's so many aliases depending on <laughs> who it is, man. But um, like you said, man, we met at, uh, at Tuskegee. Like it was, uh, was it, 04, 04? Yeah. Probably 04 time frame. And uh, yeah, I was doing stupid stuff then, man. <laughs> yeah, but pretty much as far as the music, it went way back into high school, probably about 14 when I started doing music. So music was always there. And then, um, you know, you get 18 and you got to decide what you want to do with your life. So I had to go to school or go to the military. Yeah. So I went so to school. You, so let's, let's, let's unpack that. So okay. most times when kids get told <clears throat> you got to go to school or to the military, they're typically from the South. Yeah. So I'm from Selma, Alabama. And I definitely was told you're either going to the Army or you're going to college. It's your choice, but you're not staying here. You got to go. So exactly. tell the people where you're from. I'm from, I uh, grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. My father, my father was in the Navy, bounced around. So I was born in Florida, bounced to California, actually lived in D.C. for a while. And then we came to uh, Montgomery about 92 and been there ever since. And then went to school at Ski, the rest is history. Yeah, cool. So one of the things we do, and uh, AJ would hurt me if I didn't, in true brethren fashion, you know, if uh, if you are in a position to partake, you know, we always raise a glass before we dive deeper in the conversation. And we always say here's to knowledge being dropped, crumbs being spread, and uh, hopefully our good people can pick them up. So here's to you, Mr. Woodson. I'll take this one to your honor. Cheers to you, Mr. 
Cheers to uh, University of Green Boys Alabama. I know, right? So, not, <clears throat> not to interrupt you, uh, Dennis, just uh, to pull it back. So, you graduated Tuskegee, and what was your major there? Uh, electrical engineering. And then post post Tuskegee, what did you do in terms of uh, your corporate life? Um, went straight into working at a power plant in Dothan, Alabama, actually, and uh, worked there for about five years, and then got a job up up this way in Maryland, and pivoted up here, and then was about four, four or five years, and then then broke away. You know, always had the vision of what I wanted to do, but just had to make money and maneuver and not jump too soon. You know, kind of get my weight up in terms of being self sufficient. And funding my own things, that's, that, that was very important for me, is not to take a deal or finagled into something. You just got to build your, your funds up and be able to. So that was pretty big for me. So <clears> I <throat> stuck it out as long as I could. And then if, so look, before we talk about kind of like owning your own license and trademark and your master's, right? Um, what was it about corporate that, that not necessarily that you just couldn't get with because you excelled at it? But what was it that just kind of started to stifle you to a point? Were you like, I just got to go? Um, It was it was actually when my son was born, to be honest with you. Like, that, the fire was always there. But when he was born, and that was about 2017, um, the fire got even hotter. It was like, it's now or never. Because you can get into, you know how life is. You can get into a situation where you feel fearful to leave. You're already fearful. But I felt I had to jump, and the urgency was really on fire. So I would say that was the point when. I had to turn it up. So if I'm thinking about this right, you have a, you know, uh, we don't want to disclose anybody's income, but you have a comfortable living. Right. You're doing relatively well in your career. Now you add this responsibility of uh, having a baby. Um, so you had uh, recently gotten married as well, purchased a home, major life things, and you decided to walk away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it sounds crazy and it is crazy the most, but yeah. it's something that, I felt I was for like since 14, since when I was in love with music and what I wanted to do. And I always had a vision of what I wanted to do. It was just trying to navigate and get to that point. And I felt like I had the tools. It wasn't about whether I was good enough. So if I could apply the tools I was applying in the corporate America, as far as the same work, then I got a chance, you know, right. And that's what, that's what, you know, ignited that. So let me uh, let me let me kind of talk to you about this, because what you bring up is an important thing. Right. You said you have been prepared. So for the people out there who are looking to make a jump, maybe your path can allow them a way to to have a blueprint to follow. So you talked about getting the capital, be self-sufficient, to be self-funded right. and having ownership. You talk about their process and what that looked like for you. Like what, what um, were you doing with your 401k? What were you doing with, let's say, your income tax checks? things of that nature. How, how did you put yourself in that position to be able to? I mean, the most important thing I did was when I first got out of school, I didn't buy a lot of stupid, you know, I didn't, I wanted a car, I needed a car, but I, I held off on it. I didn't go clubbing every weekend. You know, I didn't do things that when, when you're excited to get out of school and you get that little bit of money that you would typically do. Like I just held off on a lot of stuff. Like, I had a good time, but still I had it in the back of my mind that I have a plan. I need to have a certain amount of funding to execute this plan and be able to, you know, have some freedom. So that was one thing with the spending, controlling a certain amount of spending. Um, as far as a 401k, as soon as I started working, I, I put in a max amount. I think it was like 25% at that time. Of course, it changed depending on your lifestyle and what you need. But at first I was trying to put the max out get as much as I could in terms of a company match. And then as far as that, I just kept trying to save as much as possible. You know, life happens and you have to spend money, but as much as possible, like save with the vision in mind that I'm going to need this, possibly need this later on down the road. And I want to be comfortable. I pivot. So those, <clears throat> those were the top two things is controlling the spending. And um, when I had a opportunity for the 401k, you know, putting as much as possible just so I want to see it. It's, it's a lot of right. a mental thing of saving and you see it, then you, you, you're liable to mess with it. So I just wanted to come out my check, don't see it, right. and then push it. Yeah, that psychological piece is hard to manage sometimes because you see the bread, you got the bread to do things, and it's you can you can kind of fall victim to seeing everybody else 
live a certain way right now, but you're thinking about the long term and what you really want to do. You use the word freedom. Now, in order to get there, you know, again, as we work towards talking about how you went about owning these things, one of the things I would imagine you had to do was get your paperwork together and establish yourself formally as a company, as a business. And by doing so, I think maybe that affords you some of the uh, the luxury write-off things like you have. I'm looking at your background right now. This is a this is a real studio. This is not a, hey, I'm just doing this for leisure type of activity. So, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. That, you know, that obviously is a large, ex- excuse me, expenditure. How does your business structure allow you to benefit from your purchases and turn those assets into tangible? Um, first off, first off, I, I appreciate you know, you look at that point in time because we had that discussion way back then, you know, about uh, solidifying the business and being able to write things off. And I was I had the vision to have like a LLC, but in terms of what to write off, and what was uh, eligible to write off, our conversations kept fed that type of uh, initiative. So, yeah, I got the LLC make that official and be able to write it off, you know, get your EIN, your tax number and all that stuff. But I think the conversations were more important than actually trying to do it myself. It's like talking to you and say, you know, you could write this off. You can do this and do that and be able to, you know, if you pay too much, you can get a refund back. You know, those types of things help out because take refund money and then save that and it's a it's a mindset that a lot of people don't have or don't even know about. So that access to knowledge came from a relationship, came from a, a conversation at that time. I appreciate that, man. I, it's definitely a two way street and has always been one. So because I because I'm it's un, I have an unfair advantage and I know a little bit about how things have moved. I think it might be beneficial to understand when you made this pivot and you started making these major investments in yourself. Some of those things took you places and you had to take these risks to put yourself in the environment. Again, you're talking about funding this on your own dime. So, you know, I know about a lot of the trips, getting exposure, whatever. And these are trips that, you know, some of us attended with you to have a great time, but we saw you in full blown work mode. Talk to people about what it really means to be an artist a composer, um, and a business person to go out, manage their company, to be the owner operator, to be their own marketer, but then to also have to hit the road and do pub, you know, do the pub, do the publicity, do the promotion. What, what's that grind like? And what does it really take to make these things happen? Um, it's, it's a lifestyle. Like, to be honest, it's, it never stops. So, um, you have to families first, first off, like don't neglect your family chasing your dreams. Like, appreciate them and spend time but at the same time you have to ask pick up the phone you know answer calls answer emails it's it's constant so to think it's just a all right i'm gonna do this from six to six and be done it it doesn't work like that because opportunities can come up at 4 a.m 2 a.m like i used to wake up literally wake up at 4 a.m just to do music before i went to work like that's the type of mindset i had with any little pocket of time I'm going to use to my benefit because time is all I have. Like time is more precious than the capital. Like I, I have to be in position to execute and make the plays or whatever. But to your point of, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. That conference that asks like, exactly those things, you know, you have to take risk. Like nobody said, okay, if you come out here, I got a bag for you. I got 5,000 for you. It was, it would be in your best interest to come out here and network. And it was because I met a lot of people that I, I'm still in contact with. And relationships are, if not the most important, one of the most important things you'll have. Entrepreneurship is, is networking and relationships. Those can make or break your initiative going on. So, yeah, I would just say it's, it's a lifestyle. That That's the main takeaway. I, w- I would tell people it doesn't stop and you have to be comfortable pivoting and maneuvering your schedule and shifting things around, giving time to your family, but still being able to, all right, you know, I got to step over here and do the moving and not feel like, you know, not get down about it. Like it's yeah. just, it never stops. Yeah, man. I remember, um, I remember your 4 a.m. grind series. We were basically getting up around the same time because one of the new passions that I had was I would get up, you know, a quick little workout, 
But I'm also, you know, trying to teach myself the skill of trading and I'm plugging into group, just trying to make sure that I'm sharpening my tools on that. And I would look up and you're posting like, hey, I'm in the lab, I'm cooking. And we talk on the way to work sometimes. And it's like, yo, you know, we've gotten up and done more in the first two hours of the day while most people are asleep. And right, that's the right. advantage that you keep grinding. Now, you talked a little bit about the lifestyle, right? And I think that sometimes, you know, people get enamored with the results, right? But they don't, they never see the process. So when you think about being a creator, what's your process, right? Do you, or do you have a process formula that you kind of go to get the results? And then on top of that, if I could, if I could layer one more thing on there, how would you just, how would you describe your sound and your style as it relates to create and operate? My process, my go-to process is my mind, like my my mind and my voice, those are two things I'm I'm always gonna tap into because if you think about it, you've been listening to music and and viewing your favorite artists and seeing them on TV. You have all these memories and things stored up, so it's there. The inspiration is blocking out everything and tapping in, and that's a key part about my process. Is I have to block everything out. It's basically you have to ignore everything, all the distractions, and tap into, you know what you want to get across, like what type of song, what type of composition. And um, I used to do voice notes. You know, when I was working, I used to hop on, do a voice memo and save it for later. You know, it could be some some bad singing. It could be a, a, a melody. But I knew what I wanted to get out of it later on. You know, I know I could clean it up. I could add this. I could add that. But it's really, it starts with the mind, getting the idea out as quick as possible, blocking out the distractions. And um, the other layer you were saying was uh, repeat that, repeat that second part again. What What do you consider like your style? What type of music? How would you classify yourself okay. in terms of an artist or a creator? Because I think sometimes people try to place place you know creatives in boxes, and they don't want to be placed there. So I want right. you to have the opportunity to find that for yourself. Um, I would definitely say it, it's sample based. And for those that don't know, um, when back in the day. You had old school music and then hip hop came along and, and other types of music, electronic music, and it would sample old work and then make something. And I would say sampling is will and forever be part of my process. That's what I do. I make compositions. I make samples. So I'm always thinking about how I could old and it could be one of my old it could be something I made three years ago. So I'm always thinking about how I could repurpose something I made or something. I made with another artist into something else. And then I, I give that type of composition to other people and I want it to live forever. So it's not like it's a one set song, one set genre. My sound is, is based in samples and can it live forever in multiple ways? Like it could live forever as, as a composition itself and it could live forever when, when the next producer or artist takes it and, and runs with it and, do, and does something different. So. Those are the top things that that define my sound, and it's it's limitless because I love all types of genres and music. So there's yeah, I see you got that. I see you got that Jimi Hendrix in the background with that guitar too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I picked up the guitar like 2019. I'm not super proficient in it, but I know how to lay the parts I need, and it's just it goes back to that freedom of not being worried about. All right, let's, for example, if I was in a deal or I was in part of a record deal, I may not be able to have that type of freedom. They may say, hey, we want these types of songs. But now I could pick up the guitar. I could experiment with things. I could create different types of composition that nobody else would think of or even even try out of, you know, the situation of fear or whatever. So, you know, my my sound includes experiment heavy experimentation I, I would add that to it is i'm always looking to experiment and, and break the as long as it's harmonious and, and pleasing to the, and the listener i like that and uh for for those that don't know you actually the uh the brethren intro was was uh composed and uh and produced by uh by obscure eight and um when we talked about it you really just asked me a couple of questions i'm like hey bro you know i I really want a, I really want like an original intro for the podcast. And you said, well, what, how do you want people to feel when they listen to the podcast? Yeah. And in that conversation, you know, I was talking to AJ and I was talking to Doc 
And I'm like, what do we, how do we want people to feel when they're listening to the podcast? And we all kind of came to the consensus that we want to bring like a luxurious feeling in a simplistic way so that there's, you know, people are not intimidated, but they can feel comfortable and welcome. So when it comes in or, you know, when you, you guys are listening to this, when you hear, you know, the, the pauses and breaks in the podcast, that is Obscure 8 production for the Bridgerton Pod. Um, what I wanted to go to, bro, was who are your major influences as it relates to uh, to music? Because you talked about the classics, you talk about hip hop. When people listen to your sound, I think they can kind of capture components of so much. Like, who are your major you look at in terms of the culture? Um, uh, I would say Quincy Jones, definitely. Like, that's, he could take, and his, his skill set was bringing the best out of the people he had around. And that's something, like, I always, first off, I'm a Quincy. And then uh, you mentioned Jimi Hendrix. Like, that just goes to that experimentation piece. Like, he broke the rules. Like, he pissed people off with breaking the rules. Like, loud, crazy, I'm going to do all types of things on the guitar. And, and that's the type of mindset I have. Is I don't like limits. And if I see a limit, I'm going to try to break it and win people over with how I did the experimentation of it. So, those two definitely, I mean, there's a, a host of others, but those are the top two I would definitely go to. A more modern would, would be Outkast. Okay. You know, Outkast. And they and they called upon the greats, you know what I'm saying? They called upon funk, soul, and they brought it all to get flipped it and did something new, and they broke the rules. So those would be the top three that, you know, come to mind in terms of the culture and influence and, and who I, I definitely look to and always... I still research to this day. Definitely so, see uh, an influence. I hear influence of organized noise, Quincy Jones, a lot of soul. Um, but one of my questions would be kind of like still a follow up to that is, were you ever quote unquote classically trained as a musician on an instrument or did you just almost like drumline your way into this? Like you hear it, you feel it. And you've, you know, from there you've grown. It, it was the latter. I, I I heard it, I felt it. And then when I started off, I didn't know how to play anything. I was like 14 years old. Mm. You know, I had, I, I wanted to get my hands on a drum machine, uh, a keyboard. You know, sampling was big, still is big. So mm. I would sample, I would pull pieces of this and that and just fumble around on the keys till I could get, you know, a decent bass line or, or this or that. Just Just grew over the years into all right, this sounds good, chords are clashing, this this has a certain feeling. And then I just grew into, you know, being decent on the keys and being able to play. Like I can play by ear. I'm, I'm right. not a performer, but I can play in a studio setting and get the point across and get where I need to go. And as far as my, my editing and a, arrangement, like that's where I shine, you know, putting everything together. In, in a way that makes it feel like you got 10 people in the room. That's that's my goal is to that feeling of a band of having all those souls, putting something together. I'm trying to beat each soul in the composition. That's just how, how, how it evolved. But I never took lessons, never was classically trained. Nobody taught me how to engineer. It was just always experience and, and from the muscle and, you know, trying to record other artists, record myself, just doing whatever it takes to, to get it done. And that's a, uh, I just got to point that out real quick. And, you know, if you haven't figured it out, I am now stationary for those of you who are listening and are seeing <laughs> this. I'm not driving, <laughs> just hopping in. Um, but I saw a couple of days ago, you posted, uh, I believe you just released a new pack and you created 808. Like, you know, like you've created your own 808 sound is like you didn't just take a pack that somebody like you went in and you used your synthesizer and you right. created a very specific pack of 808 sounds. And I just wanted to show the the range of where you started to where you are now, where you were not in the band, you know, in middle school, to high school, you weren't didn't take piano lessons or none of that. And from right. there to the point now where you are literally creating instrumental sound using synthesizers and, you know, all of these different, you know, apps and uh, tools in, 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 in production where you got some, you know, big time producers who ain't on that level. And then we, you know, if, we, if we're being honest, you know, if right. it weren't for Fruity Loops, a lot of people wouldn't be here and you are beyond <laughs> that realm based on your skill set right now. It's like, you're yeah. more than just 
a Fruity Loops beat maker. You are like, you know, and I like the way that Destry put it at the beginning, like you compose, you know, you're not just taking pieces of something that somebody gave you and putting it together, which is nothing wrong with that. But right. you like you said, like, and that's how I just wanted to give that tangible explanation and visualization of how you're influenced with people like Quincy Jones and Organized Noise and Jimi Hendrix can kind of come together where it's like everybody in those realms, some of them were classically trained, you know, Quincy Jones played, you know, trumpet for everybody back in the day to, mm -hmm. you know, organize noise and those boys probably, you know, they came around where it was like sampling and figuring out their own sound and taking influences. But I just wanted to point it out, like, dog, you really, you, like the growth is, uh, is amazing. Like Appreciate to be able that. to do that and to be at this place now is, you know, that's another notch on the build of, okay, you went for your, you went for what you wanted to and look where you are with it now. Like, cause you could, right. you know, I won't say mediocrity, but you could have just settled at this level. Like, all right, I make good beats. Right, right. But it's like you got to a point where I'm sure, I'm sure one day you just like, that don't sound right. That don't sound right. Like I got, I've got, like me and you've had this conversation, me and you and Destro, where, you know, we mm -hmm. all ha have a, a circle of friends who are musically inclined. Some, you know, some do uh, make beats and produce and things of that nature. And it's like, I've watched, you know, my brother go through 40 different packs and clicking every single sound. It's like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. Tweak it a little bit. That ain't it. That ain't it. And it's, I'm, I'm sure you hit that point one day and he was like, you know what? I'm going to try to make my own sound. And you've perfected right. that to the point now where you, you have your own packs. So I use that to, to, you know, parlay into this next part of the conversation where I want you to go is, the business side of it where now you have IP, you have intellectual property that you have created. Right. And you are now selling. Right. Talk a little bit about that arena and the transition of just going from, all right, I'm making beats to I'm selling beats and I'm selling something that other people like me need in order to do the same thing that I'm doing. Because that takes you that to that next level. It's like mm -hmm. everybody making beats. What sets you apart? Oh, I make sounds. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I make sounds, my. You know that, what I'm saying? I'm not that, just that I that I own, right? That I, that that I, I own. own. This is my right. unique. This is an obscurate sound. It's it's trademark copyrighted. Use it if you want to without paying me, and I'm gonna come see about you. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> um, it was r really out of necessity, to be honest with you. Like like you said, like going through. It comes to a point where why would I go through so many um, iterations trying to find the perfect sound when I could know exactly what to reach for what to create and what to do and there's nothing wrong with grabbing a pack like i live off of people that do that and it, and and it sparks ideas quick you know when you get a nice pack and get a nice set of sounds but for me it came to a point where it was like i need to know exactly what this does what this synthesizer does what you know how to create this and how to create that and and be of value to an artist and a producer in terms of creating sounds that they don't have. Like you can't argue about, all right, I I've been through all these types of sounds and sample, frustrated, but you haven't if you haven't come to obscure eight, then you know, you're missing out on something. So it was yeah. just a necessity type thing and challenging myself. Like you said, you, you get bored like creating the same loops, the same patterns. So it's like, all right, I need to if I'm gonna have my own sound, I gotta invent my own sound, literally. And that's me. Like a lot of people think different. A lot mm -hmm. of people for the the monetary side, but I had like a a real personal connection with the culture, so to speak, because I've been doing it so long. And it was like I need to have my own sound. I need to open up. And it's not just about me. It's other people I work with can contribute, bring sounds to the table. So it's like opening up a whole you know marketplace for other people as well so th those were the top things it was just necessity and opening a marketplace and, and, and being of value to artists and producers i like the way you you phrase it as like it, you you needed to do that you know because yeah. i kind of mentioned like how you know, in whatever realm that most people in we'll it's easy for us as humans to get to a point where we're like okay i'm i'm good at this and i'm just going to be good at this if you know Let's talk about our alma mater. Our football team has been good forever. We ain't doing that high right now, but everybody always has no. a conversation. Oh, we need to move up to D1. We need to move up to D1. And it's like in in our daily lives, we we might be on a D2 level and we might be cool with that. Yeah. You got to a point where you was like, you know what? I need to, I need to set myself apart. 
more so is like I want to I want to sound it ain't out here I've looked I obviously now I have to be the one who created you right. could have easily just sat around and just like all right well I'll wait a little bit just go all right Google anybody created this sound yet nope all right mm-hmm. well I'm gonna just deal with what I got till I do it couple of months all right Google did anybody create it yet no all right but you literally was like no I've I've gone through what I got it's not there I hear what I want in my head right like right so let me at least do my due diligence of trying to create that for myself. I got tools, but mm-hmm. it's like that, right? That that mindset in itself um, is 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 key for some people. Now, it's not it's not wrong with you know being the best in your realm and like you you good with it. It's like all right, I'm good, and I'm gonna stay right. being good at this. Um, but in terms of what you do now, especially with with making sounds and making music, and for most people on the outside looking in especially they would consider what you do a saturated space mm-hmm. there's the there's the memes and the jokes of you know everybody wanted to put out a mixtape everybody right, wanted right. to be a rapper everybody wanted to be an entertainer everybody wants to be everybody wants to be in entertainment and that whole that whole thing right but being able to un, unwill unknowingly carve your own exact path you know mm-hmm. With like from the jump, you never went into it like, oh, well, you know, I want to be a Timberland, I want to be a Dr. Dre. It's like you look up, you you can look up to these people, but it's like you really did it because of your actual personal passion with sound. I'll say right. sound because it's not just music. Because the yeah. first time I heard the Brethren intro, I was like, this is wild. Yeah, because it wasn't. I didn't have a vision of what it should have been, mm-hmm. but that was not what my vision was. If I had one, because what you created was so its own thing. I don't know yeah. how to describe it because it was it's like choirs and voices, strings and it's play a it. symph- it's a symphony. Play it's it. a symphony. Play it. I can't I can't play it right now. <laughs> I can't play it right now, can I? Uh I might be able to play it right now. Hit hit, hit me with host. Hit me with host. Dude. Hit me with host real quick. I can All play right. it right now. Cuz while, uh, while I do that, while and I, I do my that. my bad Dash. I didn't mean to just come in and take over my interview like oh. this. Bro, you you all good, man. It's what we do, man. Everything is organic. Um, but while we doing it, while while you doing that, I think the the um no part about what you said is this is why I was waiting to circle back to this. If you didn't come into this with the attitude that you wanted to have freedom and you wanted to have ownership, there is no way you could carve out this lane for yourself <clears throat> or impact culture in the right. manner in which you're doing. And um, after we play the uh, the intro, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about, again, going back into the business side, of how do you maneuver and negotiate, you know, for credits, you know, album credits? Because I think those things are key and critical because I know you uh, you've had some placement and things of that nature. But I think most people just stop at the I got the fire ass beat. That ain't enough. Right. I just need somebody to rap on it. And, and I'm going to play this. I'm going to play the sound. But. This calls back to the conversation we just recently had. We were all together, which I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, but we had that conversation where it's like it's people out here doing very minimal work in this realm and making simple sounds for commercials and things like that. They making right good money, whereas people that's you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking nobody that's doing whatever lane they're taking, but there's some people out here just grinding hard. And their focus is like, I need a rapper to, you know, I just need to get, you know, I need to get T.I. on my beat or I need, you know, whoever the hot rapper is, is like, open your mind up to these other avenues, which is one of the things you did with, you know, like, all right, let me create my own sounds for me. And it's like, oh, you want my sound too? All right, well, bet. Right. Well, here, here we go. Here we go. This is the Brethren uh, sound. I mean, y'all heard it at the beginning of this, but we gonna play it because just listen to it. Because it, I, for uh, the other part is, I didn't know the word. <laughs> I, was, I, asked, I asked DJ. I was like, I was like, hey, what is what is that? What are they saying? And then I'll say after we listen to it. Hold on. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was the intro for Brethren Podcast. Hey, I mean, was yours truly, Obscurate. What's, what's crazy is, like, listening to it, I haven't a long time. And <laughs> that's, that's that's the thing about it is I, I, create, I create something probably every other day. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me to go back 
and listen to things. But yeah, when I'm listening back to it, I remember exactly where I was trying to go with it. Like we, we're from um, Skigit, so um, spirituals are very heavy. The choir, part of the history. So I was like, it needs to have a, a spiritual vibe. It needs to have a feeling like classy and luxurious. And I knew what you all were talking about. It was about bread, building wealth, you know, let's, let's ride high, you know, it's just higher aspirations. So those were the things that were, that were coming to mind and putting it together, just trying to build that, 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 um, that landscape for you all to do your thing. And it came out, came out pretty nice, bro. Yeah. It's such a visual, it's such a visual track. It's very visual because I, I think DJ might have said something because he was like, oh, yeah, uh, then it's going to make us an intro song. I was like, all right. Because, I mean, I mean the, all of the podcasts that I've done, you know, the the last time I did a podcast, uh, Kevlar, we all know Kevlar. Kevlar created the the intro music for it, but it was just on some, hey, I want to, you know, I'm I'm being creative right now. So here, I, I got a I got an intro song for you. And then DJ was like, hey, Dennis is creating. I was like, all right. I mean, because I was using something that I found based on what I, like, we were called Bridgers, so I scanned through mm. a bunch of reggae songs <laughs> to find someone saying Bridgeren, and that's the, if you listen to the very first couple of episodes, it was Bridgeren. It's a, it's a, let me stop for it, somebody come ask me. <laughs> Copyright infringement. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Hopefully it was made before 19, whatever the hell, when that cutoff <laughs> <made> is. <laughs> yeah, public domain or something. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was, it was that kind of, it was like, all right, DJ gonna make one. But then I think D- DJ said something like, uh, Maybach. Yeah. And then so I, went, I, I had that, and then when I listened to it, I was like, this song, this intro, I mean, honestly, it's a song. I don't care that it's 30 seconds. I want the extended version. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you gotta bring out the full clip <laughs> two, one day. Two man. things. Two, it, yeah, it's like that, it's like that one, the couple of episodes of Fresh Prince where you hit a whole <laughs> intro song. Yeah. Not just the, yeah, I need that. Um, <laughs> but two things is I feel when it plays backseat, dark and luxury, pulling up to a place where wealth is being created, not just mm-hmm. money, not just ideas, just wealth is being created. It's just, it's, it's very opulent. I see the, I see the lights. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that's your ass singing. Is <laughs> <laughs> me. And I got, it was a, a couple, it was a husband and wife like that were doing freelance. Um, they just do freelance vocals. And I was like, I need, I need a quiet choir, cause right. I'll hop on and do some background vocals at the drop of a dime, just out of necessity. But mm-hmm. I was like, this has to be a real choir, choir. So I brought them, and they're like the in the front, and then I'm kind of like sitting in the back just to add that, um, just to add that extra background vocal type choir. Yeah, man, that's that's what that man, was. I, <laughs> I didn't know you went. I didn't know you went to the ends of the earth. Did a uh. Had to had to find some obscure open open call audition. Like I know, man, we owe you some money, man. (laughs) Hey, man, it was it it was it was at a time where I was I had just you know left corporate America, so I was like already doing it. So I didn't have it doing it at all. I was like I was really training myself intro on what I end up doing with obscure eight and other samples. Just like okay. This worked out. This is how you do it. This is how I'm gonna space the vocals. It's a lot of stuff that goes into, you know, building choirs and building compositions. So it was like, you know, you helped me out with later on, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of how to do it. And it just yeah. take it takes the experience of going through it and trial and error. Now that's so, what I call terrestrial because I didn't know that, that that's how that came about. I you could not have told me that that's not what you were doing at that point. Right. Full time like, hey. Dennis is out here making music for commercials and TV shows all day long. <laughs> like you just tell me like, oh yeah, that was, you know, that was almost like the beginning of this next stage. I don't believe that. Cause I'm like, no, nah, the way that that sounds like that's what you were doing. Like you had been left corporate. So I, I'm just having to wrap my head around the fact that this was not the thing that you were 100% into at that point in time. It was like, this was your foray into like, all right, now I'm going to start really going hard to this next phase of it. Right. Cause that, you know, to me is like quality placement audio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Brethren stops, you go take that same beat, take the words out and it's on a sci-fi show or a thriller, some kind of thriller because it has that, that dark, that darkness to it, but it has mm-hmm. an uplifting quality. 
It's yeah. quality work, man. It's no, goddamn I, I, quality it, work. It, Cheers, <laughs> cheers to that, damn it. Cheers to that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was the first time I put a... a Building a, wealth up to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a second part. I, I asked like, DJ... I asked DJ, I was like, hey, what is, I was like, it's fire. But what is he saying? <laughs> I was like, I don't know the words. It's, it's, it's our theme song, and I have no idea what the words was. And he was like, uh, he was like oh, words is like, uh, brethren, let's ride, building wealth into the sky. I was like, so simple. <laughs> but it sounds luxurious. Yeah. It sounded like a call, a call to, a call to, to ride, like, for if I played that on a loud song, like 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 it's people the song mount on, it's, it's it's uh the sample from Regulate at the beginning of Regulate we'd be like Regulators yeah I don't know. is that <laughs> congratulations we, my man uh, you made a modern day Regulators when we have a full fledged conference man we walk out to that man Everybody oh, I'm running yeah. that I'm running extended version seven Word. minutes long Isaac Hayes style <laughs> Isley Brothers I don't care I'm walking slow. And low coming out. Oh man! Hey, look. So check it out, Dennis. So um, as we start to kind of wind things down, let's talk about how your business has evolved today. Um, kind of the sphere of you have and the different avenues that people can find you in, and then how how they can access you and get in touch with. You. Um, as far as like how it, it evolved, it's Obscure Eight. It started off, of course, I got the .com, obscure8.com, but where I sell the samples is obscure8, O-B-S-C-U-R-8.shop. Um, that's where I sell the samples. I'm going to pivot obscure8.com into more of uh, like a cultural thing later on. So this is like the first time I'm even speaking. So you got the exclusive. Oh, man, but, come on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going we'll, to we'll, we'll add some bombs in there. When we edit it, and then it'll do, 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 do. yeah, I'm gonna pivot that into artist um, inspiration, motivation, uh, studio clips, where it's more so like the day in the life type feel, and even the artwork. That's another piece I, I want to talk about is a lot of the all of the artwork myself, and that goes back to freedom is being <clears throat> self sufficient. Like I, I hate waiting. I hate waiting on people. So. I need to be able to do everything that I need to get done. So when I do ask somebody, when I outsource exactly what I'm talking about, how long it's going to take, and I can get the best product possible. So, and art has always been in me. I want to kind of pivot into the inspiration <laughs> behind some of the artwork. Because if you remember, <clears throat> if you I know at, you, that one that you did with a mirror, the Julius Caesar. Oh, you're talking about the Egyptian, like the Pharaoh. It was the Nas. It was like a Nas. Remember Nas had yeah. I Am, the album. Yeah. yeah. And Amir wanted something just like that. So it was going to be a project in and of itself. And, and, and I hope this podcast lights the fire so he could bring that back out. But Shout out that, to Amir. That, that's a, the new joints. We got to get Amir on. I had a long time ago. No, I, did I interview? I, interview, I, either, I think I interviewed him and uh, James. Yeah, when they, when they first started, them. Uh, yeah, you know we, what's we crazy? Done. You know what's crazy, AJ? Cultural, the spirit influence that sometimes we don't even look around and see that we have. No, like we you don't. Got, and it's we've carved out these lanes, and for a lot of people that don't know, um, if you go back and listen to the first, the very first episode of sure Brethren, we've talked about power circles and strategic relationships, and I called y'all out by name was of. Uh, you know, my personal consider our power circle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and to look back and just see what everybody's done since. I mean, you look at you look at where Amir is in his lane, and we definitely need to tell his story. Uh, he was recently on Life and Kick with Nick's, and Nick is another brother that we're going to have mm-hmm. as well. But you look at what you're doing in the area of music and business and industry, and I think the thing that I see the consistency in all of us at this point, we've gone from just letting or allowing something to be a hobby. And we have really turned them into productive, lucrative business. And that's something that I'm I'm personally proud of to be affiliated with you guys because like AJ said earlier, we could have just stayed at the D2 level, just kind of doing things haphazardly. But like bros really got off their ass and really went for it. I mean, and you just walking out on a big bag and saying, I'm straight. 
that is a that is a scary for some realization because i want to i want to i want to put the disclaimer that we in terms of our sphere of mj calls it we never took you know took it for granted we never take it for granted or took it for granted it's just one day you really you know what i'm saying as everybody goes around and does what they do you just you know you always like oh man i see you over there you're doing good brother i see you you doing good brother then you look up one day you're like oh we was all really just doing it and we yeah. all doing it but mm-hmm. we're all in the moment of doing it and we're always in the moment of doing it it takes little moments like this where you sit back and be like oh shit man we was we was back there when we started and we here now and we still doing it oh man let me take a moment to just be super proud of us because I'm always proud of it in general. But it's like you really do got to take inventory of the thing and the the, the triumph of where of, you know where you where you started from because I don't know where you started, but most people I know that started in terms of you know production started in like cakewalk. So you know, or you came in at the first fruit. that was your introduction and you started making beats, or you might have you know some kind of way came up on an MP or something like that, a drum machine. And that's where you started. And then now you fast forward 15, 20 years later and you looking around and like, oh, shit, I'm sitting in my studio, right. my house that I own, that I've created and generated blah, 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 whatever revenue for myself and my family. And now, you know, the name that I've, you know, manifested or thought about when I was 14 or, you know, whenever you, you know, because I, I I noticed DJ saying narcotic. So he, he throwed out a couple other aliases like <laughs> when those came about. And it's like yeah. now you at this point, you're like, oh, <clears throat> damn, I'm really sitting here living in my damn dream. Shit. This is cool. It's crazy. You, you said something like it takes like listening, being on this podcast, like really opened my eyes, jogged my memory. And I truly appreciate it. Like. Hearing you all talk about it is just something I would never hear, never think about because in the tunnel, tunnel vision, you know, the day to day. And it it does help hearing, you know, okay, yeah, I did do that. Like I did come from that point, built this and built that. And you do need to check yourself, you're checking yourself and not being down so goal oriented that you got to get down. Then it get here, then it get there. But you're like you said, much further than where you were. And much better off than the majority of the world. You look at the stats of of who's doing. <clears throat> no, I think I think what we that. get, I think what we get to a point, you stop comparing yourself. And I know <clears throat> we talked about we talked we've talked a lot about comparison, really like being able to really ruin shit. And so yeah, it's a thief of happiness. So, but you do have to have a benchmark. And I think when you become the benchmark, there's a different type of way of looking at the world, right? And so for me, for us, for you, what I see in you is you're becoming a benchmark. And so you become the standard by which other people measure themselves against. And the reason why I say that to you is because, bro, I'm thinking back through some things. I remember when you were doing artist development and managing artists. Yeah. I could have, I could have swore at that time, man, he's going to walk off his job at this point because there was one artist that you were working with in particular. Um, and I think you guys are still on really good terms now, but man, that dude was super talented. I just think that it takes alignment as well. Like right. your vision for where you wanted to go, his vision for where he wanted to go, both had a, you were going to the same destination but you got to agree on how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. And somebody has to defer and allow the person with the best opportunity to lead the way. And um, when, when that business relationship, I saw things move differently for you because I I think, again, that's that freedom piece. And so I think what you've been good at along the way is saying, you know what, just because I can do it, or I'm good at doing it. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be great at doing it. So I'm going to focus in the areas that I can be great at. And I will help and assist people in the other ways. You know, what was that a learning curve for you? Like, how how did you ultimately decide? You know what, man? Here's here's my lane, and I could be more valuable to the culture. Um, it, it's definitely a learning curve. It takes lessons. You know, I'm a voice saying failures is definitely lessons that you just keep learning. And and when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh, this is gonna be big. This is gonna be this, or this is gonna be that. You have the 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 hope field vision for it, but through experience and and timing and all types of things, 
like and timing is a big factor of, of why certain things didn't work out like like the timing just wasn't right like you need a team you need support you need all types of things to make to to really compete out there so um but as far as narrowing down what i i needed to do and what was my lane it was really through experience and what i what i could till i'm 80 years old and not get paid a dime like that's what i need to be doing because there's going to be times where i'm not as motivated or i'm like feeling like i need to take yeah it's good to take breaks but feeling like i only put it down that's when you're like all right i really love doing this and i need to block out the stuff that's making not like certain aspects distractions business whatever and focus on the passion piece and and once you lock into what you're passionate about like it it will always endorse for you whether you see it or not like it could be later on it could be five years from now something you created today could make you a millionaire you know so So i'm glad you touched on that so you talked about earlier in the conversation you talked about creating things that basically exist or live forever um, you know, in an era where we're looking at unfungible tokens and things of that nature, briefly discuss like, hey, maybe we um figure out a way to get into that space with some of the unique sounds that you're making or what have you. But before we touch on that, I know that you had uh, a recent placement or whatever. Talk about the process of being placed and then what does that do for artists? That <clears throat> placement came about a year, a little over a year after I quit my job. So it was like a blessing first off. And, and it came about through, I always, you know, Hail Mary's like, like I send an email to whoever in the industry. I don't care how big, uh, a DM, you know, in Instagram. Or I don't care how big I send, send them something. And this particular, that particular placement with the West Side Gun, the co-production placement was me being a fan of a producer by the name of Conductor Williams. And I was like, I like how he's moving. I like his sound. He's experimental like i can identify with it. so i was like all right let me send them some stuff first off i i never it was a while before really like look man i see you doing your thing like that's dope like keep going i i always like to build a true genuine relationship with somebody before you like all right here here's something right 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 so yeah that evolved let me send you some stuff wasn't thinking about placements wasn't thinking about nothing i was just sending uh composition to another producer i've done it hundreds of times before then with hundreds of different producers big small whoever and some of them open the file some of them say thank you some of them do something with it but that particular case it turned into all right i got a call and he said yeah gun is about to use your uh, you know what we worked on and it was just like mind blowing on a major label uh, release at that from an independent underground artist prior to that really his one and only major label release it was just you know off you mentioned the name of it the relationship yeah west side gun uh, frank made, murphy. yeah frank murphy track uh, co-production with uh conductor williams on that i just mm-hmm. wanted people to be uh you know what i'm saying well, I, I you know we don't pay to be able to play that kind of stuff but i want people to be able to go find it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run that up, man. Get yeah, free. yeah. Y'all go, y'all go. Uh, YouTube that. Go to the official channels and such. Yeah, you know, exactly. Go to the, what? What is a Vivo? Yeah, find that Vivo or official or something. Yeah, go run that Frank yeah. Murphy track up. That way, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that I hear, that's, Hey AJ, Bridget don't want none of that smoke. All no, our no, 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 is from no, the road be tapped out. We don't like. We look. <laughs> One thing we do not like here at Brethren, spelled B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N, like bread, because we always talking about our bread and we always getting bread, is we don't like burnt bread. It's not a good <laughs> thing. Don't smell good. You got to scrape the burnt off the toast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we man. don't like that. Um, but, man, I, 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 I just wanted to come in and say I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your efforts. Um, because you know, what you created for us, just, just off of the intro alone, it creates a feeling, it sets a tone, it sets a mood that, you know, maybe it wasn't there before, you know, just that addition at the beginning of our conversations does something different for our conversations than just what was previously there, which was a sound, a sample, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that sound, like you said, you had a vision, you had a feeling of what you wanted it to relay and what you wanted to create, and it and it, and it truly resonated and 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 translated. And we got so I appreciate you for that. I thank you for that. 
Um, and we'll talk royalties when we start actually making money. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, that's on the house, man. That's one of those moments where it's like, people, this is why you have power circles. You understand? <laughs> this is why you have power circles. You get you get the right people in your power circle. And when people are, you know, in all seriousness, when we talk power circles, when you get, when everybody's at a, at a comfortable, whether we still pushing forward or not, you know, because we always establish that. You got your head down, your focus, tunnel vision, whatever you want to call it, but you good. But you don't ever want to be stagnant. But when you have people in your circle that are at that pace where it's like, oh, we just all on the treadmill running. But we actually going somewhere. We're not running in place, but we we jogging lightly. We ain't sprinting trying to get there. We're not exhausting ourselves trying to get there. We're not lazily, you know what I'm saying, crawling. But we all got a, a cool little pace and we getting to where we're going. And we all... Mm-hmm. We all where we are and we can say, hey, you over here that's doing this. Let's do this. And it's not a it's not a, a pull where right. it's not. Right. If it is, everybody always understands. But to be able to, you know what I'm saying, I, I gotta put in uh I don't know how much gonna be something to do, sir. <laughs> in the intro. Major major placement uh seen and heard across multiple digital and traditional platforms, something like that, is the creator of our uh, podcast. And based on that, he practically owns a percentage of us now because that's the only way we can afford this kind of an intro song. We have to let people... So now people will start listening just for the intro. They won't even come for the conversation. But man, thank you for real, man. DJ, thank you for uh, putting all of our fires to the ass. It's, no, you know what? Damn, DJ. Thank you, Dawson. For making this happen. This Here you go, man. To, to, to my nephew, my new nephew that's soon to come, Dawson Wells. Thank you for making this happen because it took a damn baby shower to get all three of us in a room <laughs> post-COVID. That's and, you know, for real. A couple of libations for us to be like, you know what we need to do? Get on the podcast. Oh, same thing we said years ago, having a conversation with the dude who created our whole intro song that we've been using for years and we ain't never talked to him. Thank you, Dawson. <laughs> timing man it happens it happens when it it happens and i appreciate i appreciate time for being what it is and doing what it does but uh so i'm gonna give uh, no i'm gonna give it to dennis man one more time let everybody know where they can find you bro on um instagram your uh your business sites what have you let them let the people know where they can find you before we close out here today uh truly appreciate it man it's obscure eight o-b-s-c-u-r eight the the Number eight at the end, O B S C U R eight at Obscure Eight on Instagram. On um, I'm mainly on Instagram, you and you can come directly to the shop, which is O B S C U R eight dot shop. Um, also have the SMS messaging if you want to tap in with the text, uh, 202-499-6221. Um, if you hit me up right now, I'm gonna hit you right back. So that's definitely part of the thing is personal connection personal relationships and that's how we keep it going and keep it moving. I said, hit me up oh yeah 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 and, uh youtube slash obscur8 I, I love putting out content teaching um and and building with 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 the up and comers on youtube want to see that dude obscure most definitely most definitely um and do me a favor text text me all of that i got the ig and stuff but just text me the the two the two links so i make sure i put them right um and also the the sms uh thread so that i can put them in the description when i when we post the episode okay. um mr wells yeah man so just quickly to close this out man cocktail combo with success vet mr obscure eight aka narcotic mr dennis <laughs> johnson um i appreciate you taking some time today man this has been long over been brothers for a very long time you already know what it is i look forward to continuing with you and uh, we're going to call this one a wrap, man. Hopefully your next major uh, placement, Emmy or Grammy, whichever one, uh, whichever hey, one you grab first. Hey, man, I appreciate it. First off, like, I appreciate the time, the conversation and the encouragement, man. This is motivation for real. Keep going and and definitely stay connected. We got to Nick Smith. Nick Smith, usher y'all up next, man. Yes, sir. If we don't do nothing else, I know for a fact that we're going to sit here and we're going to talk to ourselves. And when I go listen back, this ain't nothing but voice notes. Like you said, you just give yourself voice notes. All yeah. these podcasts are voice notes for us. That's that's all it is. And it just so happens a couple of other people. I'm with that. 
I got to have another conversation with y'all boys offline, so I'll start recording soon. But that's going to do it for us here at Brethren Podcast and the Cocktail Convos. Y'all know we're going to keep coming uh, to talk to ourselves, and we'll give y'all the content so that y'all can possibly listen in like flowers on the wall. And we appreciate you. Um, It's always a pleasure. It's always a treasure in my mind. Don't have to be yours. Do your own thing. Stick to it. Comparison is a thief of joy, but long as you comparison, comparing yourself to yourself, ain't nobody going to have no problem. So continue to do that. Stay in your lane. Keep your blinders on. Um, You can find the Brethren Podcast on all digital streaming platforms. They call them D. So on all your D, you can find us at Brethren Podcast. Bread, spelled like bread, B-R-E-A-D, because we always talk about bread. We always getting our bread. Uh, you can find Mr. Wells, Empower, Engage, Execute, and DWellsConsulting.com. Our illustrious colleague, Dr. Ajamu Lee, and Sia, be found at, at Dr. Ajamu Loving on Instagram and AjamuLoving.com, and Dr. Loving on Money and You on Facebook. I should know for various and obvious reasons. Um, you can find me at Brethren Podcast Series. I mentioned mine once before, and I don't think I'll do it again, but you can find me at 248, those are numbers, 248MM on Instagram and Facebook and MMBB.com. But uh, we love y'all and ain't nothing you can do about it. And even if you try it, we come right back. We love you and uh, y'all enjoy this episode and the next one's to come.